If I had one tip that I would give freelancers, and, and this would have prevented my horror story, I think, it's this. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back for another edition of the podcast, and we have yet another interview for you. I think this is going to be good because we're actually talking to somebody who's in the future. And that is because the time difference between here in California and New Zealand is so great that he's actually on, I guess it would be Friday already. Yeah, <laughs> is, that, is that right? Now, you're going to have to tell me how to pronounce your name before I give a crack at it. Yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough. So my name is Non Tennant. You know, and that's what I was going to say. So I feel very good about myself. Excellent. <laughs> non Tennant. You're in New Zealand and you're a marketing specialist. We sort of met sort of circuitously through a, a common, a person we have in common. And it's been a, I had you as a peg for a guest a long time ago, but like anything, of course, you get caught up <laughs> and uh, those lists go missing and, uh, you know, you sort of weave your way back around because I don't really know that much about you either. Maybe we'll start with your sort of superhero origin story. You can tell us how you got started <laughs> in this whole marketing uh, thing that brings you up to, to today. Sure. Well, my origin story starts in the pit of hell, an IT help desk, <laughs> where I had been working for seven or eight years, and it got to the point that there was going to be some kind of a sniper rooftop incident if I kept working there. <laughs> Great. And at that time, I had a good friend who runs a business, still runs a business, doing data recovery, and he was complaining to me about the price of getting a new website done. And I had been dabbling in web design, and I'd been writing as a hobby for a long time. And I said to him, hey, you know, I could do that website for you way more cheaply. And so I did. And then I thought to myself, you know, if, if I can make my friend a website and he'll pay me for it, why can't I do it for other people? <laughs> right. And that was what happened. And of course... I started out in web design, but as soon as I got into it, I got clients. I was like, so do you have any copy to put into this design that I've made you? And they would kind of look at me like, what? But no idea what they what I was talking about. It hadn't even occurred to them that there would need to be some kind of written content. And so I thought, hey, you know, I, I've been writing for ages. I can do this. I can do this. And so I, I bought, you know... Ogilvy on advertising and tested advertising methods. And I taught myself copywriting nice. and um, it's kind of moved on from the great old copywriters into the great new copywriters. Uh, a lot of Ben Settle's work influenced me quite a lot. And uh, a lot of it's just looking at what people do as well, you know, getting on a lot of email lists and so on. And that's where I am now. So you basically self-taught. You didn't really have a mentor. You didn't have anybody that you... Uh... I didn't, no. I, I've, I've always been... It's kind of my greatest strength and my greatest weakness. In fact, just yesterday or the day before, I realized that my insistence on teaching myself everything is what is holding me back at this point, because I have a, a really good, not to blow my own trumpet, but it's really good online course on copywriting. I'm like in this process of trying to teach myself how to create online courses and sell them really successfully. And I'm in the process of also helping Danny Innie with his um, 
Course Builders Laboratory launch. And I watched his webinar, and he is a really good salesman, but his webinar was so good. And I thought to myself, you know, what he's saying here is absolutely right. I'm trying to teach myself to be an expert in something I don't even want to be an expert in. Why don't I just hire him to do it for me? All right. So, that's, yeah, I joined, I joined the program that I was promoting. <laughs> That's great, though. That, no, that's, I think that's an important uh, topic to bring up. Is like, uh, just as you were saying that, I felt that some real kinship with you because <laughs> I, I think I'm one of those people too. I much prefer, whether it's uh, for me, it might even you know be arrogance or whatever uh, to think I, I should be able to learn this, and, and I'm just very naturally curious, which is why I got into copywriting in the first place. I think is just I, I am a professional magician too. So the, psycho- oh, okay. the the psychological aspects of of magic really mm. made me more aware of how people act. Definitely, and, that would yeah. be hugely helpful for any kind of yeah. <laughs> psychology of persuasion <laughs> stuff. Hey, you really you really get a backstage pass to how the world really yeah. works. Yeah, and then and then that got me interested in copywriting because I actually uh, found out that something I had bought was written by uh, someone who was actually famous in copywriting, Gary Halbert. Right, and yeah. that sort of put me down the, the the dark rabbit hole of, of marketing and copywriting which i've yet to recover from right <laughs> so you started building these websites and then you people did, didn't realize they had to put actual stuff on there that, that would actually persuade people to do what they wanted so you started studying some of these classic books now where did you sort of take it from there did you go out and you, you use these website clients to uh start the copy business and or did you go strictly freelance you know and just to copywriting and leave the website stuff behind or how did it well work? i didn't i kind of combined it really it became something of my selling point for a while because there aren't a lot of copywriters who can do web design as well and all the ones that i've seen that don't do it very well yeah and the same is true of web designers you know there are not a lot of web designers who can create good com- good content for your site and understand the principles of you know, this is a, in fact, this is one of my big gripes with most web designers is that they're not taught that a website is a business asset. It's more like a billboard to them. A website is just something that has to kind of look pretty and impress people. Whereas I was always, even before I um, got into copywriting, I understood that a website needs to actually make clients in order to pay for itself. <laughs> Seems like a strange concept to some people. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I've had that same conversation many times myself. <laughs> yeah. So for quite a while, I would I would focus on both web design and copy, and people would come to me for that. People still do come to me for that sometimes. Just recently, I did a project for a guy in real estate. Um, but I've also been moving more into the copy side of things because of the fact that I want to teach. Um, my dad's a teacher, and my mom's a librarian, so I've got it in the blood, I guess. I really want to be able to help people do it themselves because obviously there's only so much that I can do for people. And actually, um, our mutual friend is what really got me into that because she was kind of the first student that I had. And yeah, so that was how things moved. And because I found that web design was something that was really difficult to teach the average solopreneur, which is who I wanted to help. Um, you know, most of them just don't have the inclination and the, the ability to do it. But most people can write copy if you give them some good pointers, because writing copy is not fundamentally different from talking. No, that's a very that's a very important point for people just getting into it. Like I got into copywriting through uh, email marketing 
And uh, Emily's mentioned off air before we started this, uh, Ben Zettel has been a big influence on you, and it was on, on me as well, and he was on the show here just recently. But I got started with a course put out by Matt Fury. Yeah. And Matt Fury, one of the things that always sort of stuck with me was he would say, you write, talk, talk, write. Yeah. You know, and I remember thinking, man, that's just, you know, and, I, and there has been occasions where I have just dictated stuff into a recorder and then written That's it. actually what I recommend to my clients when they first start copywriting is if you, you've got this kind of mental hurdle that school has instilled in you over the course of like 12 years, <laughs> that writing is this really difficult thing that requires these special rules and you're going to fail, then don't <laughs> write. Just talk and then write it down afterwards. Yeah, and then transcribe it exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's a very good tip, and I think especially I think uh, and you may have a different opinion on this than I do, but I, for me, email was like a very easy inroad into copywriting because I think when I first sort of learned about email marketing, I was like, I can do this. Like this mm. is just so, you know, especially the way Matt Fury was, he made it so awesomely simple and just straightforward, and was just a great teacher in that regard. So. You know, I thought, man, this is this is pretty. I don't know, very just very simple and and just clicked with me very easily. Whereas you look at copywriting books and stuff, especially some of the older ones. I mean, aside from the arcane language and so forth, they the it can make it seem like a very overwhelming and 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 <laughs> difficult <laughs> you, you thing. Kill a man with Drayton Bird's <laughs> common sense digital marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have a book sitting not far from me right now. Is like direct uh, response marketing that works or something by Stro- uh, Joan Strockmorton or something, and. It, it, I mean, that's a book you could uh, kill somebody with. <laughs> so it, it can, it, and I have seen this through podcasting about copywriting and, and having people contact me thusly. People are, do experience a degree of overwhelm when they're trying to get into copywriting and sort of get their head around copywriting. Well, let me tell you one of the main reasons that happens. It's because most copywriting training starts with the headline because that's the logical place to start. You know, you start at the top of the page. <laughs> And what's the hardest part to write of any piece, Dave? <laughs> yes, the headline. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you trying to get your students to do the hardest thing first and they don't even know what they're doing here? That's crazy. It is. It really is. So I actually teach my students to start with the call to action. Right. Because call to action shares about 80% of its DNA with a headline. But it's a very simple thing to understand compared to a headline. And there are only so many ways you can do it compared to the millions of headline formulas out there. And then I kind of move backwards through the piece until they get to the headline. And by that stage, they're usually pretty confident and they can do a much better job. Right. And they probably have a good idea what it is by then, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think for me, I think one of the first sort of quote unquote, you know, the first course I I stumbled across and took was uh, Ken McCarthy's uh, course. And what he had you do was start with bullets. Right. Which is the headline essentially is. So, you know, that was a good way, I think, for me getting into And I was used to writing bullet points from email and stuff too, but not to the, not to the, maybe that degree. So that was sort of how I stair stepped my way up into writing copy. But that's call to action and stuff like that. That's a great way to do it. Um, that's a, a, a very, you want to make it as easy as possible to get people not to feel that overwhelm. Yeah, and to feel like they've made some kind of success early on as well. Otherwise, there's there's such a high degree of probability they're going to give up. And probably one of my big bugbears is that there are a lot of great copywriters out there and they want to teach what they're doing, but they haven't bothered to learn how people learn. Right. And so they just you know teach the way that they would teach themselves, which unfortunately, they're, yeah. they're well past the point of being able to know what to do then. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no, I think that's I, no. I've come across that in interviewing all different copywriters and stuff too. I've really come across that they are they've taken some really interesting routes and sort of. Uh, so if you feel like that's the way to do it, which everyone of course does, then uh, yeah, it can make it difficult because that's their personal story. I mean, that doesn't necessarily have to be your story, and certainly doesn't necessarily the best way. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, one of your fellow uh, countrymen, uh, Sean D'Souza. And he has a lot of ideas and stuff where, I first, well, you know, I'm sure they come from elsewhere as well, but uh, I first heard about, about the way people consume things, you know, and how you move somebody through products so that they actually use them. Right. Those are big, you know, big things that I think when you take some of the standard, you know, the most famous copywriting courses are a real pain in the ass because they don't, it's hard to move through some of them. And I, I found myself, it was difficult to move through some of those courses for me. It's got to be uh, difficult for pretty much everybody. And I've heard, heard heard that from other people. So for you, you you sort of you know were doing the website thing, and then you got these uh, copywriting to put in there. What are some of the ways that you? I mean, you read some of these books uh, you mentioned. When 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 you taught yourself was the sort of the backwards way, if you if you want to call it, if I that's a term we're going to use, sort of the backwards way you teach people now. Is that something you used to teach yourself, or did you fi- figure that out later? Kind of figured it out later. Um, I. I honestly don't remember exactly how I taught myself in as much as I was just devouring a lot of content and just trying to practice um, just, you know, writing as much as I could. And what I found was I had, uh, so I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm really into theology and worldviews and apologetics and that kind of thing. And I had a blog for that, which I'd started several years before. And what I had discovered in the process of writing that blog was that when you write about stuff and try to teach it to other people, you gain a way better understanding of it yourself. Absolutely. And so that was really what got me into the idea of teaching in the first place. But as I was as I was learning this stuff, I was trying to figure out how would I teach this back to someone? Because that was just the kind of mental model that I put in place through that blog originally. And that, that was just how my mind worked. And so I always try to bring everything back down to what are the fundamental principles? How do the fundamental principles fit together? What are the connections here? And I guess I just have, I have quite an analytical mind, I guess. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to systemize stuff. So that was kind of how I moved in the direction of starting with the, the, the call to action. But my first attempts at teaching were not that way. My first attempts were pretty much the standard method, which I'd seen other people using because that was what I knew. And so once I started seeing the results that my students were getting and I realized that they were having issues early on, then I started thinking, what am I missing here? Why why, why are all of these copywriting courses doing this if it's right. not really effective? And so that was what moved me into learning about psychology and, well, learning psychology, I should say. How do people actually absorb information? What motivates them when they're doing, when they're learning and uh, how to teach them better, so on, that kind of thing. Right. That's excellent. I think that's a good way of going about it. And I've, uh, I've thought about what I would do differently too of, of offering you know, copywriting training or, or training to people to help them facilitate their way through whatever it is that maybe they're trying to learn or whatever course they have already. Because I've looked at a number of them or been through quite a few of them. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting the way that people consume information. And it's interesting when you get down to sort of the 
the utopia of what you'd like to have happen and then what happens in the, <laughs> what happens in the real world so you just know they can write these amazing bullets and then they come back with this stuff that's like super vague and you don't even know what it's talking about and you know, how, how does this disconnect happen yeah exactly and, and you don't want to break their spirit you don't want to tell them that it's terrible but yeah. it kind of is yeah and I think that too that that's part of become part of the uh, and this is a part of a lot of things. This is not just copper, and this is just anything you're trying to learn. Is that there's some of this you know suff- suffrage or something that goes on where people need to suffer in order to become good. Yeah, and that that's become you know sort of the classic school model, I guess, that we grew up with, and then it's been applied to other things, uh, other courses and stuff where people get beaten up and beaten down before they can actually learn something. And uh, I've seen people learn things very quickly and not have to go through that uh, in other uh, fields and so forth. So there's got to be ways, like you're attempting here, to smooth that process so that maximum effectiveness is reached. <laughs> I think that you're right. There is a certain amount of suffering that you have to go through. Yeah. But adults tend to learn quite well through positive reinforcement as well as through <laughs> negative reinforcement, especially right. when they actually want to do it. Right. So you don't necessarily need a lot of negative reinforcement, I think. Yeah. You see, you seem to hear that, though. I mean, there's a lot of people who say, you know, and maybe it's the sensitivity of the people because, you know, when I got criticism and stuff and, and still receive criticism from people who've been doing this longer than I have, I always look at it as an opportunity to get better. Definitely, yeah. And I, I guess I would just I would just draw an obvious distinction between criticism and negative reinforcement. Right. I think that the, the whole idea, the whole mindset that criticism can be negative reinforcement is kind of pathological, really. It's like, oh, I'm so offended that somebody didn't like what I, what I wrote. And it hurts me. <laughs> like, grow up. What are you, a kid? Yeah. <laughs> Take it as an opportunity to grow and get better. Yeah, exactly. Is I kind of know who said it, but I, you know, there's a quote out there somewhere about uh, there not being a failure. There's just a learning, you know, a success or a yeah, learning experience. Exactly. You know, I, I mean, know. isn't that Edison? You know, I didn't. Yeah, I maybe. Didn't, I learned success. ninety-nine ways to not make a light bulb. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. <laughs> he learned one way to steal it, though. That was important. <laughs> so Edison, that's a whole always whole stealing from night. Tesla. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> whole another topic. But uh, you know, you've worked now, of course, because you've been doing this uh, for quite a while. You've worked with a number uh, of clients and so forth, and that's something we get into a lot on uh, on these shows. Is is working with clients and how to smooth that process, how to protect yourself, of course, because a lot of our audience are freelance copywriters or people getting into it. And I'm sure, as I do and everyone we've basically welcomed onto the show, we've got some horror stories about <laughs> uh, things oh, yeah. know, <laughs> that have gone really south. One know? really comes to mind straight away. So okay. you definitely have horror stories. But <laughs> if I had one tip that I would give freelancers, and, and this would have prevented my horror story, I think, it's this. Don't give free quotes. If someone wants to talk to you, you're the expert, so charge them to talk to you. So what I do is when someone contacts me and says, hey, I'm interested in doing this project, I, I reply back and I say, that sounds really interesting. Um, what I, The way I work is I charge $299 for a strategy session, and that lets me evaluate exactly what you're doing, uh, see what's working, what's not, what you want to be achieving, and that lets me make recommendations without shooting from the hip and just assuming that everything that you say is exactly as it is. If that's cool with you, let's book a time. And... Very seldom do I get someone saying, no, I, I don't want to do that. When I do, I, it doesn't bother me because I know that they weren't going to be a good client. And before I was doing that, I would get clients who, I, I use clients with square, scare quotes, who would 
get on the phone with me for like an hour and a half, talk strategy, discuss everything under the sun. And then they would get off the phone and I wouldn't hear from them again. And, and I would email them and say, hey, you know, were you interested in going ahead of this project? You seemed really keen. And they were like, no, no, we're just going to get our guys in house to do it. Thanks. So I basically just given them an hour and a half of free consulting on how to get their guys to solve their problem. Yeah. So I mean, that's just not a good business model. <laughs> no, it's not. I think I think for me too. I mean, I got into this through the conduit of Gary Halbert, and so there was, uh, which I still didn't adhere to, stupidly, of course, to much to my own uh, regret, is that he was very adamant about, and John Carlton being his, you know, a compatriot in some of these seminars I, I was able to watch, that you know, all clients suck. And yep. you know, <laughs> that's, that's John Carlton's motto, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and John Carlton, even in his uh, one of his books, I think uh, I don't remember which one, but one of his books, he says uh, the best thing you can do if you're going to do consulting is to be a dick. <laughs> and I was like, which was fine for me because I I count already a dick already. I, think. <laughs> I have the I, same problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay, I get a license to be a dick. But really what he's saying is you got to – exactly what you just said is you got to protect yourself because people will take advantage of you. Yeah, I mean you, you want to be someone who turns off the wrong kinds of prospects and turns on the right kind. And if you don't know what the wrong kind of prospect is, well, just just fuddle around until you figure it out because you'll figure it out sooner rather than later. You will find them. There are a lot of them out there. The people who don't like to pay, the people who like to micromanage, the people who like to pay in really small installments, the people who like to get free advice, you know, yeah. those kinds of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People oh, who yeah. are never happy. Right. Yeah. No matter what, people who try to mark up your copy and send it back to you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All those sort of uh, classic things that you come across. And that's, um, you know, and it's all those things and more. And when you're operating, I'm sure, at the level that uh, Gary Halbert and John Carlton are operating at, I mean, you, it, it's magnetized because there's now, or uh, it's magnified because there's, now there's so much money involved that people get really crazy. It's actually, we had Ben Settle on the show not long ago, and he mentioned the fact that Michael Senoff, a guy he had done some, some deals with early in his career, had said to him, I'm going to do a contract and you're going to make you sign this, Ben, because I'm going to try and protect you. Even though you know it's us in the partnership, because when the money gets big, people get weird. Yeah, that's right. So I thought that was very good advice, and uh, yeah. So if people, that's the first thing you said was you want to set it up so that you're paid for your time, so that none of this great information you're you're laying on anybody who's serious goes unpaid for. Mm, yeah. So what, what's the next step? Um. Well, the next step is that you you actually have your strategy session, if well, whatever you want to call it. You know, it doesn't have to be a strategy session, but you have your initial call and you work through what they're doing, and you just kind of take it from beginning to end and see what needs work. And very often, people will contact you and they'll say, for example, I need copy for a new homepage, and your impulse is to write back and say, "Sounds great. That'll be X Y Z dollars. Let's get started." If you do that. A good percentage of the time, more often than not, you'll get halfway through the project and you'll realize this guy didn't actually need a new homepage. Right. What, what he needed was this, uh, th this outcome, and he thought that a new homepage was going to achieve it. So what you're doing in your initial call is you're making sure that that doesn't happen. You're, you're finding out what is the outcome he actually wants. And then because you're the expert, you're saying, all right, this is the way that I recommend we go and get this outcome. And, and often it's not the way that they thought. And often that's actually to your advantage because not only does it 
it helped them to understand their problem better. But it shows that you are more than just a peddler of a, a, um, yes. a commodity. Right. You're, you're actually an advisor to them. What are some of the other um, URLs or, or places well, to contact you? Well, at the moment, I've got a course called Learn Copywriting Backwards, and I'm actually working with, as I mentioned, Danny Eni, um, in his Course Builders Laboratory. One of the problems that I've had of Learn Copywriting Backwards is that it's just long, and a lot of people don't want to learn everything that I teach in it. It's kind of in that unhappy medium between being an advanced course that someone like you would want to take. Uh, it, it would be kind of a good refresher for someone like you or a good perspective changer maybe, but it's not going to teach you anything drastically new. And it's also not really a total beginner course for someone who just wants to learn to write copy because it's too long. So when you say too long, how long is it? It's four months. And basically I find people peter out after the first month. I, I, I want to break it up into something smaller where they can learn a key skill like email copywriting, for example, and they'll get good results from that. And then if they want to come back to another module, um, they can pay for that separately and they can pick up, say, a sales page writing and just how to do that. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind idea. of what I'm working on at the moment. But the actual course itself is really good, as I say. My, I haven't got a lot of reviews. I think I've got 10 up there at the moment from students because I haven't had that many students through it. But um, the, the problem that I have with the reviews is that they look doctored because they're all so positive. <laughs> Right. I kind of wish I'd get a disgruntled student through there just so that I could have like a two-star review up there to right. show that I, I actually do publish all the reviews. <laughs> but, you know, I suppose it's a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to check that out. So where, where can people find that? Learncopywritingbackwards.com. Yeah, well, it's not exactly the, the shortest URL to type in, <laughs> but it's simple enough. Yeah. And of course, it, you do literally learn. It's kind of a pun because you do learn it actually backwards. You start with a call to action and you can run through the first five lessons on calls to action for free at the moment. Awesome. That sounds very good. Yeah. And where else could people get a, a hold of you if they want to talk to you personally or they want to see some of the other things that you're into? Uh... We've mentioned informationhighwayman.com. That's my ancient old business website. Um, attentionthievery.com and just plain old nom.com, B-N-O-N-N.com. Nice. Mm. Excellent. I'm sure we'll get some people contacting you because you because your personality and, and your straightforwardness, which I always... Well, there, there is one other one. If you're a Christian and you're into marketing, I have biblicalmarketing.com, which has been a, a very tough nut to crack, as it turns out. But <laughs> it's something that I'm kind of passionate about because I think that there is actually a, a biblical model for marketing, which a lot of Christians find difficult because they, they feel like marketing is always sleazy and difficult and uh, kind of works against what they believe in. So that's really to help people like that. So you learn to market like Jesus, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's been a great pleasure having you on the show, Non. I mean, that's you've dropped a lot of good information here, I think, in your, your frank and forthrightness about the copywriting industry and, and clientele and stuff. It's going to be a huge a huge boon to all our, all our listeners. It has been wonderful to be here. Thank you very much. Awesome. And for everybody else listening to this, of course, we'll be back with another exciting guest next week, uh, hopefully as informative and, and fun to talk to as Non. So we'll talk to everybody then. And for people who want to get a hold of me, David Allen, go to MakeWordsPay.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to DropDeadCopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. 
You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.